0: Me. From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the hit, it's time for. Sucker Tash. Yes, Sucker Tash, the comedy soundcast soundcast featuring snippets from comedy. Soundcast. And also interviews with comedians, comedian soundcasters, and other showbiz folk. And now, here's your host, internationally recognized comedy soundcast soundcaster, Mark.
1: Ah, oh, Bill, hey, what? Old habits die hard, right? I cannot seem to drop an episode on time these days. What is this? The third show that I've hosted in a row to drop a day or more late? Four shows? I, I'm losing track. It's ridiculous, but I have an excuse. Okay, I've had an excuse every time, but this time it's realer. Firstly, as our announcer Bill Haywatt said, I am Mark Hershon, the OG host for Suckatash, the comedy soundcast soundcast, and you have gotten a hold of episode 311. My excuse for the lateness? I've been moving, not just down the street, not down the block, or across town. My lovely wife Deborah and I have uprooted from Sausalito, California, right across the bay from San Francisco, if you're unfamiliar, and we've headed for the hills. The Sierra Foothills, that is, and we are now ensconced in Grass Valley, California. That is a good three-hour drive from the Bay Area, or six hours, if you're making the trip in 104 degree temperatures in an electric car with just a hundred mile range, which I did. Anyway, just moved in last Friday, so Studio N, or my nerd nook, had to be disassembled, boxed up, and reassembled in our new place. The soundproofing isn't in place yet, so it might sound a little echoey. Apologies. It's been a journey, friend. Average daily temperature is in the upper 90s to low 100s, and just a couple of days ago, our first housewarming present, a wildfire, broke out about 14 miles away with smoke that I could clearly see through the Studio N Nerd Nook window billowing up into the sky. <sighs> Enough of my excuses. You've downloaded or are streaming this installment of Suckatash to no doubt hear some snippets of comedy soundcasts, aren't you? Well, friend, I'll let you know what I have in store for you right after I ask whether you've heard my colleague Tyson Saner, who always drops his show on time, in this feed last week with episode 310 entitled Question, Listen, Kill. It was a good time featuring three shows I'd heard about but had never actually heard before. What'd You Do This Weekend? I Hear Voices and Kill Me Now with Judy Gold. If you didn't catch it, then you can still catch it now through a variety of authorized listening posts including Apple and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, YouTube PodBay, PodChaser, and always along with more than 11 years of archived episodes. You can hear it on our home site, SuckatashShow.com. That gets you up to speed and gets us into this episode's fascinating lineup of featured snippets. I've harvested sound seedlings from 5 to 4, Crazy Town, Prop Culture, and the Romance Road Test. In addition, we've got a new fake sponsor this week, Sarsaparilla. Let's get started, shall we? This episode's first entry is from 5 to 4. If you're looking for it in your podcast program, that's the numeral 5, then a hyphen or dash if you're from the old country, followed by the numeral 4. It's a soundcast, as they say right up front, about how much the Supreme Court sucks. A sentiment I happen to agree with more and more with each judgment they render or mangle as the case usually is. The hosts, Peter, Michael, and Rhiannon, look at the reasoning behind SCOTUS's issues, using their dark humor to reveal the high court's biases, as the About section of their home site tells us. Spoiler alert, the clip I've selected doesn't really have a whiff of their trademark humor in it. As it comes from their recent emergency episode, Roe is overturned. I didn't really want to play anything funny because I don't think the matter is funny and neither do they.
2: I didn't have the energy for a metaphor. So, That's we're just going to go straight in to talking about Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health, uh, the opinion that is now officially overturned, Roe v. Wade, making this technically an emergency episode. Mm. Yeah. Although as we've discussed recently amongst ourselves, we're at a point where a lot of our episodes reflect some some level of emergency. You know, yeah,
3: Yeah. it's just the just these crazy times we live in right Mm -hmm. now.
2: (laughs) So as I'm sure everyone listening knows, in early May, a draft of the majority opinion overturning Roe written by Justice Alito was leaked to the public. There was much discussion about whether the majority would hold, whether the opinion would materially change, et cetera, et cetera. But in the end, almost nothing changed. uh, And the final majority opinion Is substantively identical to what was leaked.
4: Yeah.
5: I do want to note for a second here that law professors and clerks and people or whatever will, when they tell you about the Supreme Court opinion writing process, they'll talk about how they circulate drafts and then they read each other's drafts and they comment on them and blah, blah, blah. And then they see concurrences and dissents and respond to them. And it sounds very deliberative and very cooperative. And I don't know, maybe that's the case in some opinions, but it's worth noting. That this shit looked almost identical.
2: Yeah.
6: To the draft, yeah.
5: The final draft looks a lot like the original draft. And I do wonder to what degree that's just like some, you know, self-important, like, myth-making, right? Right. That they already know what they want to say. At least in, like, hot-button issues. They know what they want to say, and they're going to say it, and maybe they'll throw in a few paragraphs being like, the dissent says this, but blah, blah, blah. But, like, it's functionally the same.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. Alito writes the majority, there's a concurrence from Kavanaugh, and, and another from Roberts, and another from Thomas, and a joint dissent by the three liberal justices. So our episode published after the majority opinion leak goes through its reasoning in depth. But we can go over the basics again. The 14th Amendment says that the government cannot deprive you of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. What that means has been the subject of some controversy. But the court's precedent is that it means that certain fundamental liberties and rights are protected by the Constitution, even if they are not specifically enumerated in the Constitution. In Griswold v. Connecticut in 1966, the court held that the clause protects a person's right to privacy, which includes their right to use contraception. And then in Roe v. Wade in 1973, the court held that the right to privacy includes the right to obtain an abortion. And what the court says here in overturning Roe is that that clause of the 14th Amendment only protects rights and liberties that have a deeply rooted tradition in our law. So the majority is saying, look, there's no long tradition of protecting abortion rights, and therefore the right is not protected under the 14th Amendment. So again, we went through this in in, in a bunch of detail, but our basic position is this. If your understanding of the scope of constitutional rights is that they should be limited to the scope they had at the time of their ratification, you are advocating for a government guided by the idea that women, minorities, and poor people are second-class citizens. Yeah, that's
1: right. All right. If you can't hang with these sentiments, friend, you're always free to go your own way. A sentiment, ironically enough, not shared by the highest court in the land. The darkly funny stuff of five to four really is worth checking out. You can get it all at the usual soundcasty places or hop over to our Suckatashshow.com site and you can reach their home site by clicking on the link in this episode's blog. It's always fun and interesting when one soundcast begets another. And now the long running by the book soundcast hosted by Kristen Menzer and Jolenda Greenberg have had a baby soundcast entitled Romance Road Test. Kristen and Jolenda are also co authors of the book How to Be Fine What We Learn from Living by the Rules of 50 Self Help Books. After years of experimenting on themselves with every self help technique under the sun, They're leveling up and putting their own long-term romantic relationships on the line. Over 16 episodes, Kristen and Jolenda and their partners will test out popular recommendations for reigniting romantic connections, everything from grooming each other to sex every week. Audiences will listen in and learn about what actually brings them closer and what makes them want to run screaming away from each other. That's from the press release I got about their new show. In this clip from their debut episode, they set up the idea of recreating your very first date with your partner, if you can remember back that far.
7: Do you remember those early days of falling in love with your partner? Back when the neighbors used to slip notes like this under your apartment door?
0: Good afternoon. We live upstairs from you guys, and we would like to please ask you to keep it down a little at night while you're having sex, because we have kids upstairs (laughs) that are waking up at night from your noises, and we can hear you clearly upstairs.
7: I'm Kristen Meinzer, and that is an actual complaint letter my husband Dean and I received during our first year together. But now we're facing down seven years, and these days, things are sounding a little more like this. Can you turn it up just a little bit,
0: hon? Do you really need the volume on to know that he's digging an earwax out of the patient's ear?
7: I mean, yes. Ah, uh, yes. The seven year itch is looming large in our lives. So we've decided to shake things up. And lucky for us, we won't be doing it alone. Joining us on this adventure are our good friends, Jolenta and Brad.
6: My
4: Maybe just take it easy on your skin.
6: It's itchy, and I'm fine.
4: No, I know, but you can't scratch
6: it. Like no, stop it. That's me, Jolenta Greenberg, alongside my partner, Brad, in our not-so-sexy marriage. For the past year and a half, I have been battling a gnarly autoimmune disease, and we've pretty much... Fallen into the pattern of caretaker and care receiver. But luckily, I'm on the road to recovery these days, and Brad and I are ready to try just about anything to reconnect more romantically.
7: Did you really say anything, Jolenta? Oh, you know I did, my friend. Well... That's good because for the next 16 episodes, we're going to upend our relationships in new and possibly bizarre ways.
6: We'll draw on popular trends, talked about articles, and recommendations from relationship therapists. Everything from reading erotica out loud to doing something terrifying together.
7: We'll see what helps us feel more in love and what leaves us feeling worse than we did before.
6: It's going to be a grand adventure. An awkward experiment. And you're invited to join us and decide what you might want to try at home.
7: This is Romance Road Test. So you
6: might want to know who we are. Kristen and I are good friends who have made a living out of experimenting with our lives. In fact, uh, we even wrote a book about it. It's called How to Be Fine, What We Learned from Living by the Rules of 50 Self-Help Books. Yes,
7: and over the past several years, we've tried hacking everything from our home decor to our careers. But now, more than ever, we're ready to try hacking our own relationships. And today, we're kicking things off by recreating our first dates with our husbands. hmm
6: And recreating the first date is just what it sounds like going to the same place in the same clothes if you have them and if weather allows, arriving the same way, leaving the same way and revisiting the subjects you remember talking about the first time you and your partner went out. If you can also try sitting at the same table if you are at a bar or restaurant, ordering the same food and drinks and following through on certain things that actually happened. For example, if one of you showed up with flowers, bring flowers again.
1: You can get the first episode of Romance Road Test in their by-the-book Soundcast feed, but the remainder of the episodes are exclusively available on Audible.com or through the Audible app. We're taking a break from a regular phony baloney sponsor this week, Anderson's Pants, and instead running, well, it's not really an advertisement. It's at a minute-and-a-half audio track of Friend of the Show and comedian, actor, soundcaster, producer Travis Clark and his best Sam Elliott impression for sarsaparilla.
0: There's nothing like a good sarsaparilla. Now, some say the sarsaparilla plant is an aphrodisiac. Others say it can be used to treat things like blood poisoning and cancer. I don't know about that. I just think it's a good, wholesome way to wet your whistle.
1: I first heard that in Travis's Instagram feed, at Track Rival, and I asked him to send it along, which he was happy to do. Refreshing. For our next clip, this episode is off to Crazy Town, a soundcast hosted by Asher Miller, Rob Dietz, and Jason Bradford. This motley trio from the Post Carbon Institute uses their show to try to keep it together while diving into maddening issues like climate change, runaway capitalism, and widespread social delusionism. I clipped their episode from early June entitled Throwing Superman Through a Cigarette Truck, The Insidious Manipulation of Advertising. Our snippet has the host getting into the annoying practice in movies known as product placement.
5: Oh, that's a good stuff. That's the only reason I go to watch films. Is I want to know what products.
8: Well, well maybe you were maybe you were around at at our watershed moment this time, uh huh? 1927. The movie was Wings. Do you ever you see that in the theater when it came out? <laughs> how old do you think I am? <laughs> Wait, that well, was Paul
9: McCartney's group after the Beatles. Yeah, right?
0: exactly.
8: Old? Are we talking about your actual age or how old your soul is? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. we know how old my soul is. Yeah, I so, got old soul. So Wings was a silent film about two World War One pilots. It actually was the first winner of the Academy Award for only, Best only Picture. Only entrant, probably. Oh, yeah, interesting. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe so. But that's not why it was the watershed moment. It's the first time that a Hollywood movie had a product placement. What?
5: In 1927?
8: Yeah, the two Holy pilots shit. are sitting there and a Hershey's bar falls like, <laughs> nice. out of the guy's bag. I or mean, something. it's a great
9: thing to have when you're up in the air as a flyboy and you just need a quick calorie. I made mean, totally. So I recommend Hershey's did, for that. Did
5: they actually like it was like a real product placement thing. It was just it wasn't just a random prop. Yeah.
8: No, you yeah. know, you know when you're making a movie, every single scene is is perfectly thought they, out. They like zoom and in on a Hershey's yeah, bar. Yeah, they're okay. trying to sell Hershey's bars. Okay, cool. Nice. And I had my own experience with this when I was about 10 years old and uh Superman 2 came out. <laughs> it was the number 1 grossing movie the summer I think of 1981. And uh, I remember I'm watching it, and they get to this big fight in the middle of the movie where the bad guys are, you know, they're super people also. Yes,
9: they and came from the same planet as Superman. Yeah, yeah, I remember so the, this.
8: So the leader Krypton, is, wasn't it? Yeah, Krypton. The leader is General Zod, right? <laughs> yeah. Played by Terrence Stamp. So, How the fuck do you know this? I, that's crazy. <laughs> Come on, who doesn't know this? <laughs> so so he picks up Superman, played by Christopher I Reed. know that. I knew okay? that. Yeah throws him through a Marlboro truck. <laughs> good, they're like still allowing they that. Were, they
5: were <laughs> ad- advertising for Marlboro at the <laughs> yeah. time. So, so
8: right. not to be outdone, Superman <laughs> picks up General Zod and throws him into a massive electrified Coca-Cola sign, Ooh. which explodes in, in glory. Both of those are great, incredibly
9: addictive products.
8: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, so, I mean, it it, it blew me away because, you know, I'm a 10-year-old kid and i like, why did they just get thrown through a Marlboro truck? <laughs> like, why does... What so is that? you were actually aware enough
5: at that time to, to like think about that? Yeah,
8: yeah, really. Like I said, this is the thing that takes me out of being able to but suspend at that disbelief. Age, yeah, yeah, that's a
5: pretty good job. It's pretty ridiculous. Job. You're,
8: you're advanced, you have a bizarre brain. I, I don't disagree with you. <laughs> you're, you're old soul. I'm bizarre brain. Jason is what?
5: <laughs> this These are Superman and <laughs> right, superpower right. names?
9: Yeah.
8: <laughs> well, so this whole thing of product placement has been ramping up over time. Uh, Heineken... You know, that delicious beer, Heineken, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, right? refreshing. <laughs> uh, paid, my,
5: my peoples made that beer. They,
8: they paid $45 million for seven seconds of screen time wow. in a uh, 2012 James Bond movie.
9: I remember that movie, but I don't remember the Heineken part. I'm sorry. Well, don't tell
8: them, they're going to be so bummed. You dude. don't know. Maybe you've been drinking a lot of Heineken. Direct <laughs> result, you know? Uh,
9: I'm a local microbrew guy. <laughs>
8: Of course you Fancy. are. Fancy. Well, I, I got to take us to the next generation of Superman. It was quaint what happened in the Superman I was describing. Yeah, okay. In in <laughs> 2013, they kind of remade the story in, in a movie called Man of Steel. And before the movie hit the theaters, they had already made $170 million by selling ads.
1: If you like hearing some dudes airing frustrations about stuff that's likely pissing you off as well... Don't miss Crazy Town, available everywhere. I'm still trying to wrap my head around the concept for our last featured show entitled Prop Culture, which is another brand new soundcast. First of all, it's not to be confused with a Disney Plus show of the same name, hosted by Dan Lanigan, who is a movie prop collector. The prop culture we clipping is hosted by three NFT characters, Lootbag number 2020, Quirky's number 307, and Quirky's number 1988. It seems to only be available on iHeartRadio, or, or was. The more I look for it, the more it seems to be leaking out into other distribution channels. Now, I'm not sure who's doing the three voices. I think I read them somewhere, but now I can't track that down. I do find it interesting that the show's description on iHeartRadio ends with Prop Culture. We'll bet you hate it. <laughs> See what you think with this snippet from their first episode entitled The Pickleball Murders.
3: How about the first pickleball murder?
1: Okay. A purposeful attack. Yeah. Okay.
10: Okay. I think. Uh, but it's but the
3: summer of pickleball.
10: Yes. And I think it's popular amongst old people because they look for nude pickleball and it's all old senior yeah. citizens. Yeah.
3: Oh, wow. So that wasn't, you weren't just being quirky. <laughs> no. No, that's real. Who will be the first gender murdered in pickleball?
10: I think so. I mean, men are more likely to be murderers, but I think so. If someone's gonna murder someone over pickleball, it'll be a female, actually. Why do you think that? Women are more prone to murder over more complicated things, and pickleball is something that's you know complicated. It sounds complicated for me, so yeah, the. Perpetrator will be a woman and the victim will be a woman as well. And I think it'll be over some sort of weird pickleball rule.
3: Woman, woman, homicide. Pickleball.
4: Yeah,
10: well, yeah pickleball, yes.
3: Quirky's 307. Uh, I do,
4: I think the first uh, person will be a man. Uh, because once they, this is typical men, they get onto the pickleball court, swinging their big old balls around, and they're so cocky. And it's like, I'm going to destroy you, a pickleball. I'm going to destroy you. And it's going to rile it up. And I'm not not sure if a man or a woman will do the murder. But typical cocky man going to get murdered on the pickleball court.
3: Okay. Final answer. Question, what gender will be the first pickleball murder? I'm going to say it's going to be a man.
10: Eh, A man
3: killing a man. An old man. Going to beat him to death with his pickleball racket.
4: Gonna be so loud
3: too. People are gonna be looking out their windows. Yeah. Back to the missive. Let's take a look and see what we got. Drake's new album. New album,
10: new album, new album, new
4: album. Mm. The
3: consensus is the world is divided. Some are saying it sucks.
4: Now I talked to some uh, some gentlemen about it, and they told me that it was Drake singing over house music.
3: Ah.
10: Oh, I mean that you I mean I think he's very smart. You know, his EDM is you know, huge right now. So he just wants to get that crowd.
3: So you're saying he's capitalizing on a trend?
10: Yes. I mean, I think um, EDC, um, Electric Daisy Carnival, just happened in Vegas. Yeah. And you know, I, you know, and I think you know, and I saw all these women in very scantily clad outfits on Instagram. And and
4: what did you say when I you saw like, them?
10: I was like, wow! I can't believe all these people are wearing this to a public space.
4: You're like, ooh, mamacita. Yeah,
10: and Ooga. And I think you know Drake is trying to appeal to that crowd.
3: Have you listened to the album?
4: No. I'll tell you what. When we were setting up some of the microphones for this podcast, I had a little bit of a technical issue, and I uh, was trying to remedy some distortion and static. And that new Drake album is what I turned to to test out my headphones. And I said, you know, you get into this. I think it sounds kind of cool. It sounds kind of adventurous. I'm not a yeah. big Drake fan, but I immediately said, this sounds kind of uh, wild and maybe forward thinking.
3: Honestly, never mind.
4: The Nirvana album?
3: No, that's the name of the Drake album. Oh, oh.
10: Yeah.
4: I, I guess an homage to Kurt Cobain. Yeah, yeah,
10: it is.
3: Will there be a diss track? Will there be a, a line and a song roasting it? Will this Drake album become a punchline by the 4th of July?
4: Oh. Uh, there, now, there's some things I don't know about Drake, uh, Quirkies. I bet you know. Does he have a lot of enemies?
10: Doesn't Country west not like him?
4: I think they had a feud. They definitely had a feud.
3: Who wouldn't like Drake? He seems perfectly nice.
10: Um, people who didn't like Degrassi.
3: Uh, Diddy. P. Diddy.
10: P. Diddy. Yeah. Wow. Did like Drake um, have an affair with? Um, and no, no, never mind.
1: That's a little sample from prop culture. Again, a little tricky to track down. We do have their iHeartRadio site linked in the blog for this episode up at SuckatashShow.com. and that is all that we've got for you. And apologies to anyone who used our SuckatashShow handle in their socials this past week to try and get into the tweet sack. Shh quiet sweetie this episode is running so late getting out that i'm dispensing with the sack for this week but i'll save up those handles till i'm back for epi 313 tyson saner will be back for epi 312 next week in this very same feed so tune in for his soundcast shenanigans and check out his gaming videos at tyson saner gamer on youtube until next time, if you should happen to find yourself careening wildly down a steep hill on a bike with no brakes and a pedestrian you narrowly missed as you zipped through an intersection screams out, have you heard anything good lately? Won't you please pass the succotash? Ah!
0: You've been listening to Suckatash, the comedy Soundcast Soundcast, with your host Mark Hershaw. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants and Imagine your company's name right here. Rate us and review us at Apple and Google Podcasts. Find us on the web at SockatashShow.com, on Stitcher, on iHeartRadio, on YouTube, on SoundCloud, and wherever fine Soundcasts are streamed and/or and downloaded. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Succotash Show. Like us on Facebook. Email us at marc at suckatashshow.com or call into the Succotash Skype line at our toll call number 818-921-7212 818-921-7212 That number again is 7212 You can also upload clips from your favorite comedy soundcasts directly to us using our direct upload link at Hightail.com slash U slash Succotash is produced and engineered by Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito the home of the hit Our hosts are Mark Hershon and Tyson Saner Our musical director is Scott Carver our booth assistant is... Kenny Durges. Suckatash is executive produced by Mark Hershon. Until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please pass the suckatash goodbye.